but this morning, um, I'd like to share a little bit with you about both out of God's Word this morning and also um, about our ministry. Um, so let me get this fixed up here. Um, let's go once more to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it does change lives, Father. Lord, thank you for your call on our life as a family to go to Peru, Father. Lord, thank you for Peru. Lord, thank you for the work you're doing there. And Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be used by you. Father, I pray that you would use your word this morning to speak to our hearts and to challenge our hearts, Father, and also to um, just encourage us to do more for you. And Father, I pray that you would just um, bless the time this morning, that you would have me with the exact words that you want, Father. And um, we pray this in the precious name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. To share a little bit um, with you first of our family, Daniel's already um, told you a little bit about um, ourselves. I grew up on the mission field in Guatemala. Um, as such, I grew up speaking English and Spanish at the same time. I um, also got to learn German um, at school. Like Daniel said, I love languages, and I'm very thankful for the ability God has given me in them. Um, Rocio, my wife, is from Peru, and um, we met at Pensacola Christian College, um, graduated from there. We actually um, graduated, got married, and moved back to Peru all within like a week, and so that was very exciting. Um, but this last year, we've been in Peru. Um, we went really, like I said, right after graduation, getting married without really um, missionary support. So we went down there and have been teaching English this last year to provide for our needs while being um, very involved in the ministry at Rocio's home church in Lima. But um, the Lord called me into the ministry and specifically for missions in 2009, like Daniel said. I went as a finance major originally, but God just worked in my heart to challenged me and to, and to change my heart. And, and God gave me a, a real burden when he called me into the ministry, especially for unreached people groups, and especially for those that do not have the word of God in their own language. You and I can open and read God's word this morning and study and, and know of God's love and know of his gift of salvation, but so many people around the world don't have that opportunity. Whether it's because of an oppressive government or you'd be surprised in how many languages they do not even have the Word of God translated to their own language. Um, it, I believe the number is somewhere around 3,000 languages in the world that yet to have a completed um, translation of God's Word. And we've had the, the English Bible for hundreds of years, and, and that should make us appreciate and love God's Word more and do more to reach those who yet have an opportunity to hear about Christ. Um, we're going to Peru, and I'd like to share a little bit about Peru. Peru um, has about 30 million people. Um, it's about twice the size of Texas. Peru is 88% Catholic. That's according to the Catholic statistics. Um, Spanish is the main language, so knowing Spanish for both of us is a big help there. Um, however, in Peru, there are 92 different active spoken languages in the country, most of those indigenous tribal or um, ancestral languages. Most of those do not have the Word of God in their own language. 
And as Daniel said, we do have a great burden for translation, and we do hope to be involved in um, Bible translation and training Bible translators a few years down the road. Um, and so this morning I'd like to share with you what our, what our vision is for Peru, and then also share something out of God's Word. And before that, there's something that the Christians in Peru have asked us to share at all the churches that, and friends that we're presenting with. And that is, um, end of last year, um, Catholics really pushed a bill through Congress that put a new requirement on the religious visa, which is what almost every missionary in Peru is on. And one of the new requirements says that you have to be a member of an organization of 10,000 or more active members. And pretty much the only ones that can complete that requirement are, is the Catholic Church. Um, and so for practical purposes, um, religious visas for the missionaries um, will be almost non-existent. So the p- missionaries that are in Peru right now will have to seek a different visa status or leave the country. Um, pretty much the only alternatives are a family or a work visa, and missionaries that don't have the opportunity for that will have to leave the country soon if the laws are not changed. Um, thankfully for our family, Rocio being from Peru, I have a permanent residency based on family status. Um, and end of next year, I get automatic dual citizenship, which will not affect my American citizenship, which will be a huge blessing down there and eliminate a lot of paperwork for us. But this is a huge prayer request for Peru. This bill also affects how churches operate legally and some other things that um, it's, it's really on the hearts and minds of Peruvian Christians. And they really have asked us to share this. Um, something that we would ask that you would join us. We, there are Christians in Congress trying to get the bill overturned, and there are some Christian lawyers trying to get this settled in the constitutional courts to get it changed back. But as things stand right now, by the end of the year, um, all the missionaries will either have to find a different type of visa or leave the country. Um, and that's not something we want for Peru. Peru has enjoyed religious liberty for a good number of years now, and we would like to keep it that way. So Please pray for Peru as a whole in this area. Something else we um, would ask your prayers for, not only for our ministry as we go back, but is um, specifically for the central jungle of Peru, which is the area that we're going to be working in. The central jungle, unlike other parts of Peru, has not had a significant mission work done in the central jungle. Um, And I'm going to talk about that here in a little bit. Um, But... As Peru as a whole, we also ask that that in your prayers, you would ask that God would raise up a generation of Peruvian missionaries. Um, Peru really is an opportunity to really step up this generation, to not only reach their own country and reach Peru, um, the central jungle, which is where we're going, which is um, one of the less reached parts of Peru, but also also for the world. Peru has had... um, the highest economic growth in South America for the last, I think, five years straight. And they're really at the point, also spiritually mature, and number of churches where they can really start looking to foreign missions as well. And the Lord has also opened up the door for Peruvians through recent relationships with Middle Eastern countries. Peruvians can get into countries like Turkey, um, Northern Africa, some Middle Eastern countries, um, where American missionaries going as missionaries could not get into, and Peruvians can. And so we are asking that God would raise up people to take advantage of that opportunity. Um, so we ask that you would include that in your prayer for Peru. Um, and if you would this morning also open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. 
going to continue talking a little bit about Peru as I go through um, our little message this morning. Um, I'm going to give just a second if anyone has a question right now about Peru or our ministry right before we get into the study. Anyone? All right. Yes. Um, the bill was already passed into law. Um, this year is when it's going into effect. Right now, a missionary going into Peru cannot get a religious visa unless he fulfills that requirement. Um, the religious visa residency is something that is renewed annually. And so when that renewal comes up, they're not renewing them anymore unless they meet that requirement. And so um, end of the year is when really that impact will hit if things don't change. Um, as a missionary, there are a few choices for, for one thing, if you've already been on one visa and changing to a permanent residency, you have to have already lived in the country a certain number of years, which presents a difficulty for new missionaries. Um, and also because this new law, their excuse for the new law was, well, we want to have things more in order and more organized. And so... Um, they still want you to be part of an organization that's in Peru as your employer. So if just you have a mission board in the state sending you to Peru, that's not sufficient. You have to have an employer in Peru. Um, and there are other opportunities, like if you were to be like bivocational and stuff like that, like in other countries. But that almost, you know, sounds like a closed country. Um, and that's not really the condition Peru is in right now, and that's not where we want it to go. Um, so please pray for Pray for Peru in that situation. Yes, ma'am. No, their their home church is in Lima. San Ramon is on the opposite side of the Andes Mountains in the jungle. That's San Ramon. That's where we're going to be starting our ministry. San Ramon is actually. I'm, I'm going to show you some maps in a minute. But San Ramon is known as the Golden Gateway into the Central Jungle. Um, and not only for that, but other reasons, we believe it is a strategic location to start our ministry where we can reach further into the jungle in the coming years. And also work, this is the area where there are a few churches already, and we want to work with those churches um, to really encourage them also to be missionaries and church planners, which a lot of, especially in the mountain and jungle region, those churches don't have so much a missionary and church planning vision um, about, um, I don't remember exactly when, but about 20 or 30 years ago, um, there were a good number of missionaries throughout Peru, but drug-related terrorism really swept the country, and a lot of the missionaries had to leave those regions. And a lot of the American missionaries um, had made some of the churches dependent on them. Like, um, they would say, okay, let's have a retreat, and the mis American missionary would put all the money and do the retreat, and then all of a sudden all the missionaries are gone, and they're like, let's do a retreat. Oh, you know, we can't do ministry like we were just before. And so a lot of them have the mentality of the Americans are the missionaries. And we want to teach them, no, you are a missionary. You can do church planning work. You can, because they really have an opportunity not only with things changing politically, but they can be even more effective than even foreign missionaries can in Peru. Um, further into the jungle, there are even uncontacted tribal groups um, that foreigners are really not allowed to attempt to make contact with but other native Peruvians could. 
Um, so they really have a great opportunity to be missionaries, not only in Peru, in the central jungle, but also around the world. Any other questions? Yes, sir. In the central jungle area, these tribes that are unreached, uh, the gospel, are they, um, how far in the heathen realm are they? The further into the jungle you go, the more it is tribal and animistic religions. Um, closer to towns and where there's roads, it has mixed a lot with Catholicism. Um, but it really is a part that is unreached. It really is a part that, you know, we don't believe Satan's going to give up lightly. And so we are asking serious prayer for us and for other ministries in this area because there will be spiritual warfare going into this area. Um, as I said, the further into the jungle you go, the more it becomes animistic and tribal religions. Um, so it is, and, you know, there's, of course, witchcraft all over the country, um, Inca, um, shamans and, and all that, but, um, there are a few churches and I'll show you also on the, um, when I get to the maps, there are a few churches, um, maybe 10 on the side, the front side of the jungle further in. I know there are some small congregations, um, most of them and, um, I'll share a little bit about this. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you right now. One of the things that we want to also be involved in is not just evangelization, discipleship, but training pastors and church planners. And one of the things a lot of the, in the, up around the mountains, further into the jungle, in the small villages, where there is a congregation, the pastor is really the most faithful man, perhaps, that, you know, rose to the top. They do not have a lot of Bible training, and they really can't get it in the central jungle. Um, in the central jungle, there used to be one interdenominational seminary, and that's been closed for about two years. There really is no kind of formal Bible training in the central jungle. The closest thing is probably Lima, which is the 9 to 15 hour bus ride away, depending on what part of the jungle you're in. Um, so that's something also we're going to be working on um, these few years. All right. Well, let's go to Matthew 9 this morning. I'm not there yet. Matthew 9, this part of the narrative takes place about halfway through Christ's ministry. And it's really near the height of the popularity of Christ's ministry. It's when he's surrounded by people. It's when he's doing many miracles, doing a lot of teaching and preaching. Um, here in Matthew chapter 9, he's healed a crippled man. It's when he calls Matthew. It's when he healed Jairus' daughter. Um, a couple other miracles in this chapter. Look with me at verse 35. Of Matthew 9. I'll be reading out of the King James this morning, but it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad, as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And in this narrative, when Christ is, is very busy in his ministry, if we could say, 
Um, there are even times when Jesus had to just take his disciples and go into the mountains and say, hey guys, we, we just got to take a rest. But it's in this, this time, if you notice every time that Jesus does perform a miracle, he always has a personal interest in that person. He speaks to that person. He touches that person. Because Christ cares about individual souls. Not just masses for the masses' sake, but because they are so many individuals in need of a Savior. And if we are to follow Christ's example out of this passage, the first thing, just like Christ did, the first thing is we must see the need. See the need of people in need of a Savior. People in need of hearing the gospel. It says, But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. And you and I too, if we were to follow Christ's example, must first see the need of a lost and dying world of individuals who need a Savior. You know, not just in the central jungle of Fru, although the need is, is very great there, but I'm sure you also know of the need around the world in places like Africa and Asia. People who have yet to hear the name of Jesus Christ. You know what? That's not just happening in places like the Himalayas. One of my friends at, at Pensacola told me he was out witnessing and he talked to, I think he said it was like an 8, 9, or 10 year old boy. And that boy had never heard the name of Jesus except used irreverently. In, in the Bible Belt, right here in America, we have to see the need of people, just like, just like the people that, that are behind the, the pro-choice, you know, they need Christ as well. They're, you know, sometimes people criticize, oh, well, the world is so, so horrible. Well, what do you expect from sinners? The only way they're going to change is if we do reach them for Christ. And so we must see the need, just like Christ did. But secondly, we must understand the opportunity that Christ promises. Verse 37, he said, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous. See, Christ is promising the opportunity of a plenteous harvest. But a harvest is only a harvest if it is reaped. You think of a, a field of grain or maybe even your garden. If it just sits there, it's going to rot. It's not a harvest. It's only a harvest if it's going to be reaped. And people will only come to Christ if we are able to reach them with a the gospel. But Christ does give us an opportunity of a plenteous harvest. Turn with me also to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. quite familiar passage of scripture and also a very loaded with truth passage verse 9 of Romans 10 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved for with a heart man believeth unto righteousness and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord 
shall be saved. The wonderful truth that salvation is a free gift from God. That there's nothing that you and I can do to earn salvation, but that Christ has paid the penalty and he offers it us as a free gift. And, and that really is the key to that plenteous harvest, is, is getting that gospel out. But the passage doesn't end there. It continues. Verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear? without a preacher and how shall they preach except they be sent that is as, as it is written how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things so in following Christ's example we must first see the need the need of these these people with without Christ these, the need of individuals who have no clue that salvation is a free gift but yet also understand the opportunity we have to reach these people. But then back in Matthew 9, Matthew 9, we'll see our third point. Christ said, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And so we must recognize the lack, the lack there is of people who are, who are sharing the gospel, the people who are going the people who are really reaching the unreached. We have a promise of a plenteous harvest, but the laborers to reap that harvest are so few. And this morning I want to give you a vision for Peru, but also for the whole world, but also specifically for the central jungle where we're going. And, and when I share about the laborers being few, I, I think a lot about the central jungle of Peru. Here's a map of, of Peru, and the central jungle would be about the area where the red circle is. Um, a little bit closer in, where the uh, yellow diamond is, is about where San Ramon is. That's about where we're going to be starting. It really is the edge of the central jungle. And our vision really is to reach the central jungle, but it really is such a big task. We need more laborers. We zoom in a little more. This is a little closer. There's the town of San Ramon, which you saw in the video. About 15 minutes down the road is the town of La Merced. This is really where we're going to be working the first couple of years, um, helping and strengthening the churches there, working, trying to get Bible institutes going to reach out further. Um, some of the surrounding cities, which are between an hour and two hours away, Satipo, Pichanaki, Villarrica, Oxapampa. And we're going to zoom in a little bit more. From, from this area here, um, where's the thing? San Ramon and Villarrica, this area, we're going to zoom in one more time. These are the villages. And these are, these are decent-sized villages that show up on Google Maps. And this one actually down here at the bottom, where is it? Naranjal. I've been there, but even that doesn't show up on the map. There are other things that aren't even on the map. So many places that need the gospel, that need churches. In this area, in San Ramon, down here at the bottom, I know of three churches in this town. The next town over at La Merced, I think there's three or four. 
And there are a few small congregations in some of the surrounding mountains and areas, but for the most part, it's a greatly unreached area. But let me go back out. That's just a small piece of the central jungle. That small piece there, in this, this area of the central jungle is about the size of Florida. In that entire area, other than us, we know of six missionaries in that whole area. Some of them are also in the same area we're going to be. We're going to be working with some of them. They've started the Christian school. The man you saw in the video um, is from Lima, from Rocio and Patty's home church in Lima. The school was started by some German missionaries that are there. Um, there are some missionaries also from Rocio's home church um, working about here. They're working on a Bible translation. But as I said, there are 92 languages in Peru. I think about a dozen or maybe 15 are in this area. And we know of one, well, one group of missionaries. I think there's two or three missionaries on this team working there. This entire area... For, from about here over, I've looked. I haven't found any missionaries in that area. I don't know of any churches in that area. Place the size of Florida. The laborers really are few. And, and for me, in seeing something this size and seeing the need, like I was mentioning, we want to... We are going to definitely be strongly involved in evangelism and discipleship, but we also want to want to train pastors and church planners to to have a bigger impact, to to go further, to go places where we won't be able to go. And I, I when when we first went to the Central Jungle, we were actually praying about being missionaries to Germany, and God redirected us. The man you saw in the video came to the, back to the church in Lima, came to our Thursday night prayer service, and specifically asked that Rocio and I go and visit and consider being missionaries. And when I saw how much need there is out there and how few people are doing something about it in this area, God just worked in many different ways and, and touched my heart and gave me a burden for the central jungle of Peru. The central jungle of Peru, the, the Peruvian jungle, is really part of the Amazon jungle. The central jungle, such a small piece of the Amazon. And Brazil has even more languages without God's word than Peru does. If we are to follow Christ's example, we have to see the need. And it's not just points on a map, it's people that don't know Christ. That have no idea, maybe they've heard of Christ through the Catholic Church, they have no clue that salvation is a free gift. And in many of these tribal groups, they have never even heard of Christ. We have to see the need. We have to understand God does give us an opportunity. It's not an impossible task. But the laborers are very, very few. So then what are we to do about this? Christ tells us, verse 38, Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. Pray, pray, that's what Christ tells us. You know, 
as Christians, sometimes we think of prayer as, as our means of communicating with God and sharing with him. And yes, it is. But the word here really means beg. Beg God to send more laborers to those who have yet heard about Christ. If we see the need and just like Christ are going to be moved with compassion, we have to beg God, God, please, would you send someone there? There's nobody going there. Would you send someone? You know, sometimes, sometimes we might not pray because we might be scared. Scared of God saying, okay, I'll send you. No, that's, that's exactly... If we, if we don't look at the chapter divisions, which were put into scripture afterwards, Christ says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Very next thing that Christ does, after saying, pray for more laborers, he calls and sends out his disciples. You know, I can just imagine Peter, who was, who was often very quick to respond to what the Lord said or to a situation. I can just imagine Christ saying, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. And Peter getting down and saying, Lord, please send more laborers into your harvest. And Jesus coming, Peter, let's go. You know, honestly, for me growing up as um, a missionary kid on the mission field, and when I, when I first went to Pensacola, I didn't want to be a missionary. I wanted to do a lot for missions. I wanted to make a lot of money so I could send a lot of missionaries. But I w- didn't want to really be the missionary. I, my grandfather was a missionary in Mexico all his life. I, I know it's difficult. But when God did call me and I did say yes, I can tell you that being in the center of God's will is the happiest place you can be. Whether it's here, or whether it's on the other side of the world, or whether it's a short-term mission trip, or whatever, if you're in God's will, you're in the right place. But notice that if we are going to have compassion, see the need of those people, really be sincerely moved with compassion, we see the opportunity that Christ is giving us to reach these people, We see how few laborers there are. And we are sincerely begging God. Lord, send someone to be a laborer. If we are going to do that sincerely, then we will also be willing to be one of those laborers. Maybe not on the other side of the world, but wherever God has already placed you to be a laborer. And and we need so many more laborers here in America as well. But they're needed around the world places like Asia and Africa, places like the central jungle of Peru. We need so many more in the central jungle of Peru. You saw how big that area is and how few people are doing something about it. Pray. Beg God for more labors. You know the wonderful thing about this too? It's something that any believer can do. Even if you're in a hospital bed and can't get up, you can't go to the other side of the world, but you can pray. Every believer can have a huge impact on the Great Commission. If we see the need, understand the opportunity and the lack, and then sincerely beg God, God, would you send someone? 
to those who have yet to hear of Christ. Will you, will you pray for more labors? Will you join us in praying for more labors in Peru, especially the central jungle? That God would send more labors to the central jungle. That he would raise up pastors and church planners from within the central jungle to reach other parts of the jungle. Would you pray with us that God would raise up more labors? Also, would you, would you pray for us as we go? Um, right now we're in the States raising support. We, we've been in Peru a year and we didn't, God worked a, in a great way that we could come back to raise support this early. We didn't think we'd get to come back this soon. We're raising support. Um, but next week, actually on Tuesday, we have to go back to Peru to, um, renew my residency and do a few other things, but we're going to continue raising support from August until December. And we've been raising support for about two months now. Um, so pray for us also as we're raising support. Um, someone told me that um, the average missionary spends two years raising support now if they're going into full-time ministry overseas. Um, on Rocio's visa, we can only be in the United States six months at a time, and it can't be right after each other. So really, we have only until December to raise all our support. Um, so please pray for us also as we raise support and as we return to the jungle. Um, like I said, we're going to go back to Peru for a few weeks starting Tuesday. Um, we're going to go back to visit the jungle during that trip. And then in August, we'll come back to the States to continue raising our support. So pray for us also as we go. Also, will you partner with us with your support? Um, and, and like I said, we're raising support. We need support. But more than anything, we need your prayers. Like I was telling you, the, the central jungle is, Peru is 88% Catholic. The central jungle where we're going to be at is even higher. And then the further into the jungle you go, it becomes more tribal and animistic. And all these people that have no clue salvation is a free gift, the only way we're going to win them is if we are seriously engaged in prayer to reach these people. Because it really is one of Satan's strongholds in South America. And only through prayer are we going to be able to, to breach that stronghold and win people for Christ. We need your prayers. And, I mean, you saw the maps. You saw what a big area is that nobody's doing anything in. And we ourselves are not going to reach by ourselves that big of an area. We're going to have as huge of impact on it as we can. But we need more people there. Would you pray that God would raise up more labors for the central jungle? Sincerely, having compassion on lost souls, beg God, Lord, send more people. And then wherever God places you, be willing to be a labor where he puts you. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Let's pray. Father, Lord, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you that whosoever shall call upon your name can and will be saved, Father. And Lord, thank you for the wonderful gift of salvation. Thank you that we can open your word and read it this morning and know about that free gift, Father. But Lord, this morning we ask for those who are yet waiting to hear 
Lord, in the central jungle of Peru, we need so many more laborers. Lord, around the world, Lord, right here in America, right here in Texas, we need more laborers to reach those who are completely sunken and lost in sin, Father. Lord, you know my love for, for America and for Texas, and, and Lord, you're sending us to Peru, and I'm so thankful for that, and we need more laborers in Peru, but Lord, would you also raise up laborers here, Father? Lord, and would you please, to those languages whose names we can't even pronounce, Father, who have yet to hear of your word, whether in Peru or in Asia, in Africa, Father, would you really stir up your children to have a greater impact on this world for you? It's in your son's name we pray. The precious name of your son, Jesus. Amen.